The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will then know peace. and gentlemen for another episode of get in loser i'm choop i'm cheetah i'm chop yeah buddy we're back baby baby we got a good one tonight we're talking the strange death of kurt cobain the alleged suicide suicide air quotes (laughs) yeah we talked about doing this uh this one before so we figured we'd jump in what a better time than now. Yeah, just to give you guys a little uh, little insight into why, you know, once Choop joined this, why it was important. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, man. Why it was important for me to bring up, you know, doing this episode is because, you know, believe it or not, I know a lot of you guys aren't going to believe it because of the kind of person I am. But, you know, there was once a time in my life where I wasn't big into conspiracy theories, okay? Oh. And here's your boy Choop who put me on to my very first one about Kurt Cobain's murder. And I've been obsessed ever since. Yeah. It, 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 it's just weird. Like, it makes no sense at all. There's too much stuff going on here. Yeah. And yeah. I think I read the I read the book when I was like a teenager because so I was really into like grunge music. Yeah, dude, uh, dude, I, uh, I forgot, I was not talking to you guys or talking to somebody. I wish I was born... Like still in the 80s, but like early 80s to be cassette grunge in Seattle, Washington. Yeah, it would have been dope to like be in high school and been able to go to like some shows and stuff. Yeah, like see Alice in Chain unplugged. Yeah, like see. Yeah, great. That's one of the best unplugs there is. Alice in Chain. Like uh, experience grunge at the like the the height of it. That'd be fucking sick. Dude. Yeah. I'll to see like what its impact was on the crazy world. Crazy good. Could you imagine yeah, like living wild. in? Imagine living in Seattle at that time. Dude, oh, I couldn't even. Oh, that'd be badass. Dude, that'd be super dope. Time machine. That's the first place I'm going. Insanity. Nah, my time machine. I'll go back in time. Where uh, Cheetah gets consumed, I tell him, uh uh-uh, uh, make him a better person, uh uh-huh. uh. What? That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> where Cheetah gets what? He said consumed. Oh, consumed? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Dude, I'm trying to be oh, mad. I'm not trying to be. Try to do that. What the fuck? <laughs> Alright, let's just get into that, that... already, because no, now you're just no, making no. things weird. No. Clapping cheeks. Oh my god, what the fuck? Alright, so should we start at the top then or what? Yeah, take us, uh. Awkward. Take us on this journey. <laughs> Shoot. Alright, let's go. Uh, Kurt Cobain, musician and leader of the pioneering grunge band Nirvana, was born in Aberdeen, Washington on February 20th, 1967. Nirvana had reached mainstream success after performing in 1987. Cobain was found dead in the greenhouse of his mansion on March 4th, 1994. 
Cause of death listed as suicide by self-inflicted gunshot wound. He was shown to have three times the least weight limit of 225 milligrams of heroin running through his system at the time of death. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying three times the legal dose? Yeah. So, uh, 225 milligrams could be considered uh, a lethal dose of heroin. This man had three times that. Yeah, um, speaking of that shit, uh, you can't even function after three times. No. There's no, I mean... If, if he was like a hard, uh, and he was, he was like a hardcore heroin addict, they do build tolerance over time, but still, like, that's excessive to me. I don't think, there's no way he's even fucking picking his head up at that yeah, point. Yeah, I, just from, like, personal experience, I've seen, I've been in, like, the room with a friend when he shot up heroin. And that shit takes effect immediately, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like, oh, yeah. There's, like, no, like, much. being able to set anything up. Like, that shit takes a... As soon as you inject that shit, it, it hits you immediately. Yeah, the effects you know. hit you right away. Yeah, uh, speaking of... <laughs> speaking of I, was at, uh, I was at you guys' parents' house, and our friend came over. He was he was fucking gone on heroin. You remember that day? He just decides to come over to your house and just knocks on your door. I don't remember that. No, it was it was when you were living on Willow. I was there too. Yeah, he was upstairs with uh, a rage mono. I don't remember that. Rage mono. <laughs> rage mono. <laughs> if you get like rage. Yeah, right. right, we'll do, we'll tell you after. We don't have to say the names of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, many people believe that it's not that straightforward, and tonight we're gonna dive in. There's a lot of money power and shady business involved especially you court you fucking love and i know uh just to just to kind of give you guys the heads up right away i know a lot of in a lot of cases with a lot of podcasts they'll try and you know when they speak about stuff like this they'll try and keep like an open mind and they're like you know but i'm pretty sure that everybody in this room right now is pretty much on the same page we all yeah pretty much believe up. that yeah he <laughs> was murdered so we're i mean I guess if you really tried, a case could be made that it was just suicide, but tonight we're just going to go based off of what we believe, which right, is absolutely. most likely what actually happened, so yeah, just I, so you guys know. I read Soaked in, or I watched Soaked in Bleach, which I put on yeah. my mail out here, and uh, Heavier Than Hell, I also read that. It was like a bi- biography, I think, and that had some stuff to... That's what really kind of got me interested in this stuff. It's been a while. It was kind of cool uh, going back to it after so long, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to... Um, all right, where are we at? Okay, so, yeah, there's a lot of money power. You know, Nirvana was peaking at this time. They were huge commercial success. Um, and Kurt hated it. You know, he wasn't that guy he wasn't a pop star like they tried to make him out to be grunge had just filled a void in rock music there was like uh the the glam rock era was ending um heavy metal was going out this was like grunge was a whole new take on rock music that the world had never seen before mm-hmm. uh let's introduce Courtney Love to the story. Oh, boy. Courtney Love is a singer, guitarist, songwriter, and actress who rose to prominence as the lead singer and rhythm guitarist of the grunge band Hole. 
Uh, they formed just two years after Nirvana. Before music, Courtney dipped her toes in the acting realm. After living in Dublin and then Liverpool. <laughs> While there, she scored a couple acting roles, including one in Sid and Nancy, oddly enough. Isn't that crazy? Mm. That's pretty telling of things to come. Yeah. I'm uh, sure that's just a coincidence. Yeah, right. But for real. Uh, apparently, she became bored of acting and formed a band. Hole released her debut album in 1991, and they fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Hole was terrible. Um. Kurt Courtney met in a nightclub in Portland, Oregon on January 12, 1990. But Courtney had developed a crush on him a year before after seeing him perform. This bitch was plotting on him for a year. Oh, yeah, darling. Psycho, man. She knew, I mean, she knew what she was doing. You know what I mean? Like you said, Nirvana was just, yeah, Nirvana was taken off at this point. She knew that Kurt was going to be a fucking star, you know what I mean? He knew, sure. She knew he was only going to get bigger and brighter from there, you know what I mean? So, of course, to her, she's like, oh, I dropped this album. It's not very good. People kind of hate it. You know, our band fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm a shit actress. I need somebody to take care of me for the rest of my life. Yeah, and since, like, Hole couldn't do it on their own, like, linking up with Kurt, that led some credibility to her music, too, yeah. you know? Yo, I bet, I bet, I bet you got like some weird psychopathic nickname, Kirby Baby. Uh, get some money. <laughs> yeah, for sure, probably. Um, apparently, Kurt tried to dismiss Love's advances at first, saying, "I was determined to be a bachelor for a few months, but I knew I learned, liked Courtney so much that it was a really hard struggle to stay away from her for so many months." Um. Uh, Hey, um, as, as you're looking up whatever, yeah. uh, Kirk Cobain joined the 27 Club. He did, yeah. You, like, got, you got some other uh, notable 27 Clubs? No, I, was just, I, I got just, a few off top. I, like, uh... Janis Joplin. Yeah, there's uh, also, uh... Amy Winehouse. Jim Morrison. Jimmy uh, Hendrix. Yeah. <clears throat> how about that? Uh, Mac Miller is a new one. Miller? Yeah, Mac What Miller. the fuck? You know, it's like um, the... It's like, did, did I mention to you about like how all John the rest? Go ahead. Like, like, did I mention to you guys about the uh, like these the reason these rappers are all dying with that with that star ring on them? No, like like all these rappers like uh, <coughs> um like P N P R G rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. all like all the location stuff. No, not location. It was that ring. On them, the star, like a shooting star on the ring. What? Yeah, there's like every time they got murdered by some, who, they, every time they got gunned down, they had that ring on them. Oh yeah, oh shit. But, but, but we can get more in depth into that one later. Yeah. Um, I know, I heard that his girlfriend, like, they went to a Roscoe's Chicken, and his girlfriend put the location on Instagram. Yeah. They got robbed and fucking murdered. What, also, you, which you're in LA, you're fucking asking for it. You're fucking go to a Roscoe's Chicken where everyone in the hood is fucking yeah. around, and you're fucking wearing four hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry. What the fuck do you expect's gonna happen? Yeah. Also, real quick, just no to, rest in peace to the guy. But. Just to dive a little deeper into that, uh, the Twenty Seven Club. Also, something that goes hand in hand with that, especially with musicians, is uh, the White Lighter Curse. Yeah, White what Lighter, they call yeah. the White Lighter Curse. Which is basically just all these musicians who died at 27 also were in the possession of a white lighter when they died. 
That's so why that I, also became kind of like a myth that goes hand in hand. A lot, kind of a lot of people won't even use white lighters if you hand them to them in like a smoke circle or something. Um, the two became married on Waikiki Beach on 24th uh, February 1992. There were only eight guests, one of them being Kurt's close friend, Dave Grohl. At that time, Courtney was already pregnant with their daughter, Frances Bean. Fast forward a bit, but a short two years later, Nirvana plays their MTV Unplugged on November 18th, 1993. Yeah. I think that's the second best. Uh, yeah, I'm about to say, I remember watching Bits and Pieces, not like the full. Like what, in yeah, 93, we were about uh, five. five or six. Yeah. yeah, I was about two, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, about five. Um, yeah, I watched it later on. It was like it was cool, but once again, Alice in Chain unplugged is probably better. Yep, and then <coughs> after Nirvana, Live is a really good one too. Man, Live. Um, okay, so they uh, they then headed to Europe for what would be the band's last tour date runs. Um, at the time of the Europe tour. Courtney and Kurt were fighting, and as they spent their second year, and they spent their second year anniversary on separate continents, amidst widespread reports, the couple were going through a rough patch. March 1st, 1994, the lights went out on Nirvana Forever, playing their last gig in the small terminal Eins in Munich, Germany, which held 3,000 people. The band demanded for the tour to play only small venues, despite them being able to fill stadiums. That's really, that's pretty cool to me. That's like a fuck you to uh, the labels. And, yeah. You know? I feel like if, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously if Kurt would have lived longer than he was, I feel like he would have been like the poster child for, you know, being like that guy in a band who's just like, you know giving the big fuck you to labels, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know how, like, people always got, like, a certain person they think of when they think of, like, rec- like, you know, like musical artists doing that? I feel like Kurt would have been the poster boy for that kind of shit. Cause if you, I feel like he would have had that attitude, you know what I mean, where he just... For him, it was, like, just about the music and it wasn't about, like, the fame or anything like that. He just wanted to play music. Right. Which I always... was one of the things that I always really liked about him. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, to be able to know that, you know, know that your career is going to take off, you're going to become huge from this, but at the same time being like, I don't want none of that, man. I just want to play music. You know what right. I mean? That's fucking badass, dude. That's fucking sick. Yeah, not a lot of people could do that. I'm telling you, man. They had to fucking, they are basically printing money at this point. Like, Nirvana was huge, and grunge as a whole was huge. Anything that came out of Seattle at this time was basically fucking gold, man. So, uh... Yeah, so, so, uh, what I also wrote down here is that, that it stands out to me that, uh, there could be a difference of opinion, and maybe some things already starting to go on behind this, kind of behind the scenes that maybe aren't being told to the general public, you know? Somebody's yep. not happy, or somebody's trying to say fuck you to somebody here. Oh, 100%. With the, you know, their last show was in a ter- uh, airport terminal. What the fuck? 3,000 people. When these guys could literally sell out huge stadiums, 30,000, 50, whatever the case may be, you know? Yo, um, as you were talking about the 27 Club, 
54 members is in that club. Holy shit, I didn't know it was that bad. Eh? Yeah, I'm just looking up. Like, a lot of them are suicide, suicide, cancer, uh, cardiac arrest, alcohol poison, cancer. Majority of them are suicide. If you think about that. I'm I, like, thought, I thought it had to be suicide, though. No, it was like suicide, cancer, uh, Oh, Amy Whitehouse died of alcohol poison. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Even, that, that was not a funny song, but like that song, I should go to rehab, but no, but no. <laughs> she should have went to rehab. Yeah, but, I guess so. But, I, but I'm, not, I'm not going after Amy Whitehouse, because that, that was my mom's favorite uh, artist. Was she? Yeah, she, she liked Amy Whitehouse. Like, she had a great voice, she was cool. She, yeah, she, oh, go ahead. Oh. No, I was like, she, she, was, she was good looking for the time. Before she uh, left the world. Yeah, uh, real funny. I was just trying to look up to see something about, like, uh, trying to find a detail about the evidence because I remember hearing something about that. But uh, while I was looking it up, funny enough, I just stumbled across an official petition for the Seattle PD to reopen Kurt Cobain's case. Do it, Seattle. They want 150,000 signatures. They already have 85,000. Nice. Yo, where could we sign up at? Uh, I'll send you guys a petition. There you go. There you go, losers. Go, uh, go find that petition. Let's get it done. Change the world. What if this tiny pod got fucking Courtney Love arrested? That'd be fucking <laughs> and charged sick, with dude. murder, dude. That'd, That'd be, be sick. amazing. Yo, I'll be like, hmm, how, how was you guys' career so far? Uh, we've been lazy about not doing merch, but... We dig in that bitch recording love and ours. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have fucking, we'd have label. Dude, Dave Grohl would probably reach out to us and like, listen, I'll pay for all your fucking merch right now. You got my best friend's murder solved? Love right. you guys, dude. Yo, just, just, yo. If Dave Grohl asks us to come, asks us, like, hey, could we speak to you? He hey, first of all, can you come on our episode talk? We talk about your, your history of music. Like, how you still rock out with a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Right, so jumping back in. Uh, grunge music wasn't pop music, like I was saying, but it hit the world like a storm. And the next thing you know, these guys are celebrities, role models, and all over on TV. A large labor of anyone looking to maximize their profits wouldn't want to do small European venues. If you're going to do a European tour, you're going to maximize profits and sell, sell out tickets to stadiums. Uh, Yeah, basically what I said already before. He was basically a big fuck you to somebody. <laughs> At some point, uh, when they were separated, Courtney went ahead and hired P.I. Tom Grant. So, um, so was it that fat ball-headed dude? Or was it something else? Before? I'm not sure what he looks like, to be honest. Another big part, though, is with the intention with saying when she hired him claiming that Kurt had been missing that's tough okay. yo I swear to God that guy come after me I'm gonna laugh in his face I so yeah he was a badass PI though yeah one of the crazy things for me though was from watching that soaked in bleach when I first heard that that Tom Grant guy was hired by Courtney I always thought it was crazy that he's hired by Courtney and then he becomes one of the biggest like <coughs> advocates. Yeah, for becomes Kurt, one of the biggest Kurt, advocates yeah. that Kurt was totally murdered. Yeah. Her. yeah, it's I got that coming yeah. up right here. 
What, uh, what court is checking their bounce <clears throat> or bounce or whatever? What? Um, what? <laughs> uh, let me explain. Um, what if her like what if she paid uh what if she paid homie, but her check bounce? No, you... I think he just started to see the the you know the, the, the irregular flags. Yeah, yeah, the red flags that was going on. That, he... that don't add up. Yeah. And then there's later on there's a conversation that he has with her in the hotel room while she's high as fuck and she has some burial and everything. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, March fourth, nineteen ninety four. An electrician who was called to the home discovered Kurt's body on the upper level of a greenhouse on the couple's property with a seemingly self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. So, why would an electrician discover the, discover the body? That's really sketch to me. And that, to me, that seems like a, it's set up. It was set up to be like that. Yeah, like, like somebody so purposely... To call all these guys to come to the house... Yeah, and then like something, and apparently, as far as we know, Courtney at the time of Kurt's death was also in another rehab center somewhere. So why would she call an electrician to go to the house if she wasn't even there? That's hey, wait, wait. You say March or April? March fourth, nineteen ninety four. Huh. Well, I'm looking. I'm seeing April eighth, nineteen ninety four. That's his time of death. Well, that's double check. No, I got I got that twice, March fourth. Let me check that real quick. Um, yeah, April fifth. Three days later. Yeah, I got him leaving the rehab center on April first. What? And then he, he was found. Well, you know the crazy thing about. Oh, sorry about that. You know the crazy thing about... Look it up on Wikipedia, because I don't have the right one. I mean, our reliable source? Well, now you got me second-guessing, but I, I got it written down twice, so I think that's probably right. Um, it just, it just sounds weird when he died in uh, April. Uh, before before we say Jason said so, but it took him, it took the, took him three days. Yeah, it says yeah. he. It says his official date of death was April fifth, nineteen ninety four. Okay, you're right. Yeah, well, regardless, he he was sitting there for three days. But the electrician found him. But how how you not telling me? <clears throat> three fucking days. If if I was Dave Grohl and who who was who was the bass player? Chris Novoselic or Novoselic or something. Chris Novoselic, like if if. Like, if the example have happened to a cheetah, and he's gone for three days, what would mean? Yeah, but dude, he, you know, he was also on drugs and shit. He would, I guess he would leave, because everyone, they, at this point, they had done an intervention on him. Uh, he was off the rails. He tried, supposedly, committed suicide before off of, um... Day-grade uh, drug. Yeah, which, champagne and oripinol. Oh, rip. Oh, which a lot. Rohypnol. Rohypnol. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people question that, because that's from Courtney, Courtney's mouth, you know. Uh, but when you're in the midst of drug addiction, man, you're you're disappearing. You're not reliable. You're not talking to people, especially people who want the best from you, because mm. you're not living in yeah. the way that. I think. His addiction to drugs is one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people never questioned his suicide. 
because everybody's like, oh, you know, he's a drug addict, you know. Of course, yeah, you know what I mean? that's how she was able to get away with it. Yeah, that. that's why so many people were, believed it right away, because they're like, oh, you know, it, it all makes sense when you look at it that way. But when yeah. you actually dive deep into, like, reading the details and shit, then you start to see how it all unravels immediately. Yeah. But real quick, you know, I just wanted to <clears throat> kind of mention how you said uh, when he did try to, when he apparently tried to commit suicide in the hotel room, in that hotel room that, uh, they did find a note there, but Kurt said it wasn't a suicide note, but apparently Courtney says it was, whatever, but this is what the note said. It says, uh, to, to Boda, speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who obviously would rather be an emasculated, infantile complainee, this note should be pretty easy to understand. All the warnings from the Punk Rock 101 courses over the years... Since my first introduction to the, shall we say, ethics involved independence and the embracement of your community has proven to be very true. I haven't felt this excitement of listening to as well as creating music along with reading and writing for too many years now. I feel guilty beyond those words about those things. For example, when we're backstage and the lights go out and the maniac roar of the crowds begin, it doesn't affect me the way in which... The way in which it did for Freddie Mercury, who seemed to love, relish in the love and adoration, adoration from the crowd, which something, which is something I totally envy. Uh, something I totally admire and envy. The fact is, I can't fool you, any of you. It simply isn't fair to you or me. The worst crime I could think of would be to rip off, rip people off by faking and pretending as if I'm having 100% fun. Sometimes I feel as if I should have punch, a punch-in time clock before I walk out on stage. I've tried everything within my power to appreciate it, and I do. God, believe me, I do. It's not enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have affected and entertained a lot of people. It must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate things when they're gone. I'm too sensitive. I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasms I had as a child. On our last three tours, I've had a much better appreciation for all the people I've known personally and as fans of our music, but I still can't get over the frustration, the guilty, the guilt and empathy I have for everyone. There's good in all of us, and I think I simply love people too much, so much that it makes me feel too fucking sad. The sad, little, sensitive, unappreciative Pisces. Jesus, man. Why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. I have a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy and a daughter who reminds me too much of what I used to be, full of love and joy, kissing every person she meets because everyone is good and will do no, do her no harm. And that terrifies me to the point where I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis becoming the miserable, self-destructive rock, death rocker that I've become. I have a good, very good... And I'm grateful, but since the age of seven, I've become hateful towards all humans in general, only because it seems so easy for people to get along that have empathy, only because I love and feel so much sorry for people too much, I guess. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for your letters and concern during the past years. I'm too much of an erratic, moody baby. I don't have the passion anymore, and so remember, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Peace, love, empathy, Kurt Cobain. 
Francis and Courtney, I'll be at your altar. Please keep going, Courtney, for Francis, for her life, which will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. That don't sound like no fucking suicide note to me. And if this guy's a drug addict, like, no offense, but I mean, if he's a drug addict, you know what I mean, which a lot of, we know that he was. Nobody's writing out a letter that fucking deep, you know what I mean, while you're high on drugs, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're not making a lot of sense when you're fucked up on drugs, no offense, but it's yeah. true. Well, it depends, because you do sometimes get a little long-winded and shit. Yeah, I mean, I... I, yeah, it just seemed like that was him just trying to, like, work through some feelings yeah. that happened. And that coincides, like, perfectly with the whole not wanting to do stadiums, keeping it smaller. And... But, at this point, they're building a fucking machine, a mainstream machine, that is pumping in tons of money to not just Nirvana, but hundreds of employees. Um you know roadies this thing becomes a huge machine very quickly so there's a lot of money on the line and seeing a letter like that if i'm the label exec i'm starting to get a little nervous oh for her for sure yeah i mean i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if it goes deeper than just courtney you know what i mean yeah it could be some label execs involved if a label exec went to courtney and said hey we'll give you you know we'll make sure you get all of kurt's money when he's gone you know what I mean? But we need you to make this seem like... Stage it. You yeah, like stage he, it. Like it he was a rock star who had too much. And you know what I mean? He right. went out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, think about it. For the people who believe that he did commit suicide, they still talk about him as one of the greatest to ever do it. You know what I mean? For as little as his career was, they still talk about him in high regard. Right. So in that way, the, the label execs won in that way because he truly never died. On, yeah, he, rather he, than him... Imagine how his fans would feel if he was just like came out one day and he was like, "Hey, I know you guys love our music, but I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah. People are going to start resenting them. Yeah. They're oh, resenting yeah. them, and they're not going to be buying his music anymore. Oh, and the no. money stops flowing in for the, well, for Courtney Love and for the fucking label execs as well. And it's not, it's not unusual for label execs to pull the. You know, to get involved in like some shady shit to absolutely to not. keep money coming towards them because, you know, I mean, you could hear story like, like uh, I'm not too familiar with the story, but I'm pretty sure the label manager for fucking NWO didn't he put them through like some fucking wild shit for oh, their career? And shit? Hell yeah! Yeah, it's not it's not unusual for yeah. them to yeah. I was I was thinking about that too. Like NWA went through some bullshit. Suge Knight, you deserve to go in jail. Yeah, it's not unusual for label execs and, like, these big, you know, these big-name people that are making the and, most money yeah. off this stuff. And they pull, they pull strings. They work oh, yeah. with, like, the TMZs and, you know, they, they put out a narrative to newspapers and just, like, you know, you know it's... It happens a lot in the world. It's not. Oh, yeah, it's not. Un- it's, it's not, not unusual. Shocking thing. to say that. Yeah, I mean, if you really like dive deep into that kind of stuff, you'd be surprised at how many labels have done that to people. You know uh, what I mean? Definitely with uh, the Queen. When Queen, remember how the label, the first label record, didn't want to give him a shot. Well, yeah, I mean that's. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from with that too. Is Queen kind of had to go out on their own and do their own thing because. You know, the label wanted them to be what they wanted them to be, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that happens a lot, too, where they'll try and force you into being what they 
you know, think it's going to make them the most money. Yo, um, before continuing on, uh, a month before his suicide, his actual suicide, on March 3rd, 1994, uh, Kurt was hospitalized in Rome following an overdose of painkillers. His manager, agent, Gold Mountain Records, said that the overdose was accidental and that he was suffering from insomnia insomnia and fatigue however the bitch yeah she don't get Cordy love from me no more that that, that bitch later said he overdosed that was a suicide attempt he took over 50 pills yeah we talked about that yeah that's what we're just talking about champagne and uh rehypnol the yeah. date rape drug but uh, uh anyway uh he probably forgot how many he took but then when was a definite suicide range to be golden I don't know what the fuck to say golden like four fucking four times. What the fuck to say golden like four times? And devise a disfect hypothyroid disorder and bipolar because he didn't know he was taking all the drugs at the time. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that kind of just, like, that kind of, like, goes into what me and you were just saying, like, how now they're laying down this story that, like, oh, nobody's going to be surprised if he kills yeah, himself because he's already to, tried to. Started to lay the groundwork yeah. for what's going to happen later, right? Exactly. All right, so, uh, <clears throat> I, don't, I think you said earlier that... Courtney was where at the time of the suicide? Uh, I don't remember exactly where she was, but she, she was at... I got here that she's, they were actually... She was in Los Angeles at the time, I think. Uh, I got that they were on tour in England. Just so happens that whole... Oh, maybe it was England. When the, which is perfect, though. I know that when he went missing, she went. was in a rehab center, I believe, too, at okay. the time. Um, I believe I remember hearing that. In later interviews, Tom Grant claims red flags start popping up immediately. Uh, he starts to become suspicious of Courtney, who seems to be very high, suspect, and sketchy. He starts recording their conversations, and I go and I encourage you guys all to go check those out. Listen, this guy had to have been uh, suspecting something right off the jump, because he immediately starts recording the phone calls. Yeah. Why I would mean, you do that? If why would you record a grieving wife's conversations with you if you didn't immediately feel like something was off? You know. Um. Sorry, I'm all stuffed up and sick. Courtney was uh, accused of, like we we're saying about the label execs. Courtney was accused of planning stories in the press. One of those being that his mother filed a missing person's report worried that that Kurt was suicidal. Didn't happen. Grant meets Courtney at the Peninsula Motel. He claims the first fucking thing this disgusting human being says to him is as she opens the door, you leak this to the press and I'll sue the fuck out of you. The first fucking thing this broad says to him. Unbelievable. Oh, she's also wearing a see-through set of lingerie, and she's higher than a kite. Of course. During the conversation, she mentioned, 
uh, she called Kurt's credit card company to report his card stolen, but he ended up finding it. So, imagine, if you will, that Kurt actually called because he couldn't find his fucking credit card, but now he's dead, so she's covering. Exactly. See what's happening here? Uh, I would even go as far as to say that Courtney might have, when she met Tom Grant for the first time, she might have even been playing into the fact that she was high, but she might have not actually been high. You, know what you I mean? never they, know, man. She's a slimy bitch like that. Yeah, she could have just. Or been, she could have been fucking trying to come on to the guy. She could have. I mean, you know, she didn't have anything else going for her. So. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at his, the weapon. There's no fucking way. Dude, I didn't see that picture. That fucking shotgun's huge. It's like fucking five feet long, see. dude. What is he fucking got? Did yeah, he shoot no it with his toe? What, what the fuck? Are you sure? Like, I get it. The there's thing no... is literally almost five feet tall. Dude. Yeah, this but... It's a uh, huge shotgun. To also, to also add into uh, what you were saying about how Tom Grant believed that there was foul... Or how he started seeing red flags immediately. Um... After talking with Courtney, then, you know, around the time when he started to believe that, you know, there was foul play involved, he interviewed a few people, one of them being Courtney Love's former entertainment attorney, Rosemary Carroll, who was close with Cobain, claiming that Cobain was never suicidal and never showed any signs of being suicidal. Wow. Also claims, uh, she says to him that he bought a shotgun. And people are scared he'll kill himself. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. He went to the uh, gun store a month before the the actual attempt. So he was going to buy a gun. For uh, at the time, of course, drugs. He was so high on drugs that he was paranoid. Scott, you probably know. Uh, I mean, uh, Chip, you know some people that was like that. Yeah, I that was, that was drugs like super, definitely make paranoid. Yeah, like paranoid. Like, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Maybe he wasn't paranoid, though. Maybe he knew what the fuck people were up to. I mean, it could have been. Because I remember <clears throat> I remember when I watched Soaked in Bleach, at one point they were talking about how people close to Kurt knew that <clears throat> he had started saying stuff like, you know, I'm going to get clean because I, you know, I want to be there for my daughter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better because I want to be a father to Francis. So maybe he started to clean up his act and people didn't like that. Yeah, right. So, I mean... Yeah, he's obviously starting to, like, come to his wits. He's starting to, like, deal with emotions. Uh, and you don't do that when you're on drugs because the drugs are the band-aid. You don't deal with things. That first suicide letter starts to feel sound to me like a guy who's coming to terms with some things and working through some things that have bothered him for a while. Yeah. Uh, I read... Uh, Wait, what the hell was I? Uh, oh yeah, okay. Um, I love Nirvana, man. I I really do love the music. So I got a couple. We'll just take a second to uh, get some uh, like an honorable mention of some Nirvana songs that, yeah. that I like. Um, are you got you listen to it? What? What? What is that? You ever got the honorable mentions already? Yeah. I'll let you do a couple after too. Um, if you got some. Uh, my top one, Sentinel Apprentice. 
Lake of Fire, um, My Girl, and my favorite, of course, Heart Shape Box. Heart Shape Box is probably like the one that I knew them for most. Which I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I wasn't a huge fan of Nirvana. It's not that their music was bad, it just wasn't what I was into at the time. Like even me not being like a huge fan of their music, I know that, you know, their music was fucking like, you know, revolutionary kind of, you know. But it just, well, I wasn't really, you know, I mean, I never really got into, like, grunge, really. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I listen to, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit here and there. And then I listen to, I think I listened to Heart Shape Box a few times. Yeah, you know, um, that Smell Like Teen Spirit, it was, that song was just a joke. Not, not like a joke. It was just more of a, like, fuck it, we're just going to just pull the song out. But they get the idea from the, uh. Teen, teen girls are deodorant. deodorant yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're probably fucking. That's probably like their song to just keep the label off their back. Yeah. Like, here, here's a yeah. fucking poppy hit for them. <laughs> Did you know, dude, you ever hear uh, Dave Grohl talking about the drums that he played in Nirvana? He was stealing no. a lot of the shit from disco. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. The beats and shit, he was just like stealing them from I didn't know that. That's from funny. disco to songs and shit. The same type of rhythms and shit. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the re- reaction from Cobain's friends, several of, several of Cobain's friends were surprised by his suicide. Mark, mm, uh, a longtime friend of Colt, Kurt, told a Rolling Stones, I never knew Kurt to be suicidal. Nice. Like, his longtime friend Mark. How the fuck? That right there. Like, like, like when uh, Cheetah said his first suicide letter, he didn't say, this world don't deserve me. Oh, I'll, you don't need me. No, that letter was, the way, the first time I read that letter, what it felt like to me was like, kind of like he was using it as like a therapy session, really. He was kind of like just letting everything out. So he, it was easier to deal with. Because sometimes it's easier to come to grips with shit after you write it down and then read it back to yourself, you know what I mean? Because I've done it a couple of times, too. Yo, Scott, he, he was the lead singer of uh, Queen of the Stone Age, his best friend, Mark. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, this guy I didn't know that. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> oh, yeah, also... Uh, what, else, what, other, what other bands was he in, does he say? Also, when Kurt Cobain dropped out of high school, he was... So, why'd you click on that, dude? His first band ever was called Fecal Matter. Kurt? Fun fact. Kurt? Yeah. <laughs> he awesome. had a small band called Fecal Matter. Cool, that's true. Scooby Tree. Asambia Campbell. Which was... Oh, okay. It was just weird. And, um... Yeah, like, you never knew, uh... uh Anthony from Red Hot Chili Peppers? He expressed his feelings in his autobiography, Scar Tissues. Well, I mean, of course none of Kurt's friends are going to think that he's suicidal because he wasn't fucking suicidal. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, that's that's just like... I don't mean to, like, you know, act like I knew the guy personally, but, I mean, once you dig into this subject enough and you, like, dive deep enough into it, you could, it's pretty obvious to you that he wasn't suicidal. He was trying to get his shit together so he could be a father to his daughter. That was like, after the music, that became like his main thing. Like, I just want to be a dad. I just want to be a father to my daughter. That's it. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think Courtney fucking hated that. Because Courtney wanted to be the only woman in fucking Kurt's wife. And... 
Are we talking about? Are you going to talk about it? You want me to wait? What? I was just going to say about the other thing that was looming over Courtney's head. Go ahead. I was just going to say there was a lot of rumors going around too before Kurt's death that Kurt was on the verge of divorcing Courtney. What? Leaving her ass. Yeah. Leave that bitch ass bitch. I so she knew, and she nothing. knew that if Kurt left her, she'd have nothing. Because she didn't have her own career anymore. She was living off of Kurt's career. And without Kurt, she's fucking broke. So if he dies now, with her being the wife, she's now yeah, entitled she'll get everything. to parts of Nirvana's money, I'm, the royalties. I'm wondering who's still getting that royalty still nowadays. Uh, I believe there was actually a huge thing where Grohl and Courtney Love were battling it out for years. Nirvana and uh, Courtney were battling it out for years because they didn't think she deserved anything. I don't fucking blame So what does that tell you there? Even the fucking bandmates are like, fuck this bitch, dude. Yeah. Fuck this bitch. This is I mean, Dave Grohl is kind of like... Think, like, kind of like what it was like when Chester died. Like, think, like, Mike Shinoda when he lost Chester, kind of. That's kind of what it was like for Dave, you know what I mean? So, of course, he's going to... He's like, yo, even Dave's probably like, yo, I know you fucking had something to do with this, and I'm going to do whatever I can to not let you fucking live off my buddy's bad memory, you know what I mean? Off his memory and shit. Because even to this day, Courtney will still deny that she had anything to do with it, and, you know... She swears it was suicide, and that, you know, she loved Kurt, and Kurt loved her. But it's always funny that, you know, she says all this shit, but we never got to hear Kurt's side of it. You know what I mean? Another funny thing to uh, add to the story here is that before Kurt, Courtney also dated Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins. Jesus Christ, she was almost going through the whole roster. This bitch was a fame war, man. Yeah. And she's even, in her songs, even talks about that. She's got a song called Celebrity Skin. It's just it's basically about fucking stars. No, that's all she does. Fucking dirty whore, man. Like I said, she didn't have any other, she didn't have a career of her own, so she's gonna throw, she she's just gonna go for whoever's biggest at the yeah. time. Yeah, and she don't know how to fucking act. Remember, she got thrown out of that fucking award show for, like, throwing a bottle at Madonna and shit? <laughs> she's just, like, notoriously a shitbag fucking person. Yeah, and she's seen Kurt as a rising star that I'm gonna be able to ride that for the rest of my life. And here's a big-ass bombshell that I just fucking figured out, or I just seen last night. Frances Bean herself, who is now a grown woman, accuses her mom of setting up a murder-for-hire plot against Frances's boyfriend. This was just in 2018. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Wow. Right? Like, now you're being accused twice of fucking murdering somebody, or trying to murder somebody? Come on, bro. Oh, shit. That's not a coincidence, she got dude. Well, try again. But one of the oh, biggest man. things... Behind, uh, one of the biggest tells for me behind why I started to believe that, you know, there had to be more going on in this situation is the biggest thing I think is that how poorly the police investigated the situation. Yeah, they dropped the ball big time. They immediately, after one day of investigating, they could, they just chalked it up to a suicide. Like, why the fuck would you do that? You're not going to investigate anything, you're not going to look into any of it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's somebody getting paid. And I'm pretty sure it took them, like, three or four days before they even processed the shotgun, I'm pretty sure. 
if I remember reading it correctly. Well, it was a media frenzy. So at this point, there's so many eyes watching them and shit. And it's such a huge, you know, they got you got fans coming to the house and fucking camping out in front of the fucking house. It's a huge shit show, man. Yeah, so of course they're going to run to the first... They're going to go with the first thing they can do just to get the media to get off their backs. Of course they're just going to immediately go with, oh, it's a suicide, case closed. So the media will just leave them alone. But one of the craziest parts is they... They put it in as a suicide before they even got the toxicology report back. So they didn't even have the toxicology report back before they had already closed the case on it being a suicide. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Man. No, no, we wasn't laughing at um, what Cheetah was saying. Yeah, we're laughing at We're just fat asses <laughs> munching away over here. Sorry. Also, uh, Tom Grant, the private investigator that Courtney hired, that then turned on her and started hiring, or started investigating Kurt's, you know, suicide as a murder. He started his own website. And I don't know if he's still updated to, to this day, but for a while after the investigation, he was updating with more and more information that he found. And that's where I got a lot of my information from. And I'll link it. I'll link the website if anybody's interested. I'll link it with the, uh, the episode up front tomorrow when I post it out. I'll link the website in there so you guys can check it out. It's called CopainCase.com. Awesome. Just to show you, like, I want to say this to you. Nirvana was, like, kind of like the front runner coming out of Seattle at that time. Listen to five. I'm going to give you just five grown fans who were also in Seattle at this time. Just to show you the competition <clears throat> that Nirvana was at. Allison Chains. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Candlebox, Butthole Surfers, Smashing Pumpkins, dude. Come I mean, on, I mean, for bro. most of those, except for like maybe like Butthole Surfers, I just had to most, most of those guys that you, uh, when you think of the grunge era, those are most of the bands you think of. Those are like the biggest names that pop out yeah. from the grunge era. Yeah. You know, out, out of the grunge, I think Pearl Jam was probably the top. Was the well was the well known at the time? Uh, also, um, on that site, the Cobain case that Tom Grant started, uh, he has all of his evidence in written form and in audio form too on the website. So you can also listen to his own recordings from the investigation and the official police report. So basically, what the story is of how they carried this out is that. Courtney had an inside guy. She had, uh, she was having an affair with one of Kurt's good friends who happened to be living with Kurt at the time and unbeknownst to Kurt that they were having an affair. So what they believe is that uh, he was either, they switched the needles and he and dosed them more than he should have been dosed. Or that he dosed himself and he was just out of it, you know, like a lot of heroin addicts when they do heroin They'll do their dose and then just fucking like not out for a couple hours and shit <laughs> So they think uh, either they switched the fucking needles they switched the dose on him and Once he was passed out or dead they drug him up to the greenhouse this friend 
drug him up to the greenhouse, shot the guy from close range, making it seem like the bullet wound came from Kurt's hand. And now, after seeing the gun, there's no fucking way. Yeah, even if you there's lay that no gun in your lap, there's no way it's it's shooting. The barrel is way too long. Yeah, there's no fucking way. You'd have to literally. Sh- Kurt's not a big guy. You literally have to trigger it with your fucking toe, literally. So, so on the uh, on the uh, report, it says his fingerprints were actually on the trigger trigger. I don't. They not. They didn't. By the time they processed the shotgun, all most of the fingerprints were already off of it. Nah. Or couldn't really be let red. You know why? Because whoever done it. And the shotgun, the shotgun shell, was on the opposite side of where it should have landed right. when he shot himself. When yeah, he I shot didn't himself. That. Yeah. But also, real quick, just a little couple small things here that I wanted to talk real quick too is uh, when the soaked in bleach documentary came out. Um, at the time, Norm Stamper who was the chief of Seattle Police Department yeah. when Cobain died, uh-huh. admitted that the case should have been reopened. So even this guy's admitting it. And then also, at the time, Courtney Love's attorneys issued a cease and desist letter to theaters prior to the film's release, threatening legal action if Soaked in Bleach was ever screened to the public. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. why would you do that if you weren't right. If there were, you weren't involved? Right. Why would you Just care like, if... Just yeah. like the same fucking thing when Courtney got wind that uh, Tom Tom Grant was recording the conversations and shit. So when she finally first seen him, she let him know, like, I will sue the fuck out of you. I will make it very hard for you to release a book, to make a web page, do any of this shit, because you'll be fighting a court battle. I will fight I will fight you every fucking step of the way. This chick is conniving. She knows what she's doing. And if you read you see the actions and if you read between the lines you can kinda of see the type of person. You know what I mean? They also, not long after the investigation, when they closed the investigation officially, they melted the shotgun down. Oh, yeah. It's gone. Yeah, so even if they reopened it now, the the shotgun's nowhere. You know what I mean? There's nothing they can do with it ever ever again. But Uh, Grant himself pointed out that he believed that the gun was destroyed because that's what Courtney Love, who did not return phone calls or emails seeking... Her comment for this story continuously told the press. So, Tom Grant was still trying to reach out to Courtney even after everything, and she just completely ignored him. She never talked. She never reached back out to him again. Well, she's hiding something. Courtney Love, you're absolutely, absolutely. And Thomas, and that Tom Grant dude even said that after. You know, all this investigation, when he had started being interviewed by, like, Matt Lawler and stuff like that, being brought on talk shows, he said he felt he was embarrassed. Because he knew that there's people out there talking about how, you know, saying that he was probably fucking crazy. He's like, but I had to do what I believed was right. So, you know what I mean? So, it's it's badass that this dude didn't even know Kurt personally, but took time out of his life to try and prove what he knows really happened to Kurt. Even at the, even at the, you know, the... Even with everybody calling him fucking crazy. There's still people today that talk, that talk about, oh, you know, you can't listen to that guy. He's got, you know, he's not credible. But why would a random dude just go out and investigate Kurt's death for no reason? You know what I mean? Why would he, why would a random dude make all this shit up? So. I got one, I got one more thing, too. There's also rumors and whispers, and uh, Tom Grant even went to talk to this guy. A guy by the name of Elden Wayne Hoke, nicknamed El Duce, 
He was lead singer of a shock rock band called Dementors. He said, Courtney Love offered offered him 50k to kill fucking Kurt Cobain, and he denied it. Strangely, though, Dave Portno, not Portnoy, different Dave, Dave Portno, who runs Seattle-based Pig Records, claims he was stunned when El Duce showed him a bag full of cash about eight months before the Nirvana singer's April 5th, 1994 death. Portno says El Duce, who was the frontman for Rape Rock, the mentors, told him he was given the money to kill Cobain, but at the time he wasn't sure whether to believe the wild claim. So, why would so this... not only is this guy saying it to Grant, but now there's another person corroborating this. Why yeah, and why would these two guys make there? this shit up? Yeah, and none of that. Why is this not... Uh, how are we able to figure that out, but the police haven't done anything about it? Man, the police... Well, it's either like... It's like Chop either uh, said, you know, there might have been some money involved. Somebody being slipped some probably, money. There's definitely some money involved. There but also on trade? top of that, it could have just been... Like you said, it was a media frenzy because how big he is. So they're just like, let's just go with the most logical answer here and just close the case immediately so we can get them off our back. It was just poor policing. It was incompetent police. It's the same reason why a lot of serial killers aren't caught right away because police are just, you know, they're incompetent. They don't do their job the way they're supposed to. Yo, I think we talked about this one with, uh... The yeah, clown. with fucking uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, yo, you took that right out of my mouth. I said the clown killer. <laughs> yeah. Because it could... Or, or another prime one is the Zodiac killer. Said, hey, guys, hey, hey, that was me. That was me. I, I did it. A week later, and, like... like uh, what? What? Yeah, and then, uh... Uh, real quick too before we before we get out of here uh, just a couple other little tidbits I wanted to mention real quick was uh, another one of the things that led Tom Grant to believe that there was foul play at hand was that we talked about this before how one of Kurt's credit cards was missing when his body was discovered well that same credit card someone was trying to use it after Cobain died what? so there's no way it was just a random stranger using that credit card. It had to be someone close to him. So it could have been Courtney. It could have been, you know, it could have been, uh, uh, could have been that Dylan friend. guy that was staying with him. Yeah, Dylan. That's the one. That's the friend yeah. that I was talking about that uh, people believe had played a role in setting Kurt up. And when they found out about his credit card trying to be used, it was before they even discovered the body. So why wasn't that investigated more? Wow. Yeah, and then also... Uh, so that's perfect. If they take the credit card, then, you know, kill them. They got a fucking few days before they catch up. There's a little leeway there where you can run up a bunch of fucking money on the guy's credit score. Yeah, to make it sell the story. Like, right. he was trying to spend all his money before he died. Right. Uh, also, the big thing was that there was no suicide note, which a lot of people thought was strange because, you know, Kurt being who he was and him... You know, at that point, wanting to focus on being a father, why wouldn't he leave something behind for his daughter? You know what I mean? Why would he just... Which was another big red flag for Tom. Uh, another real big one was Courtney was in possession of a second note after Kurt's birdie was found, but she didn't tell anybody about the second note until several months after 
when the information slipped out during an interview with Rolling Stone magazine. And it just all it says in the second note, it just plainly states he was leaving Cordy and he was leaving Seattle, but he was not leaving. But he didn't say he was leaving like the plan. He just said he was leaving her and he was going to leave Seattle. And then obviously, you know, the him being ejected three times the legal limit. Uh, and then the, one of the other things that Tom said was if Cobain had injected himself with a deliberate heroin overdose, why would he also shoot himself in the head, leaving his baby daughter with horrific visual images to remember him by? Right, does he make sense? Like, if you're going to overdose, why not just let that be your death? Why go the extra mile? <laughs> right, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like, at least enjoy your high on your way out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also... Uh, Cobain was not barricaded inside the room, as reported by misinformed media sources. Uh, the stool, which was supposedly wedged against the door, was actually just sitting in front of two unlocked doors that only led to a balcony. Uh, Cobain did not leave his driver's license out for identification, as reported by misinformed media sources. The first police officer on the scene found Cobain's closed wallet opened it to remove Kurt's driver's license and displayed it in order to take a photograph. Uh, the fact is, the police and the medical examiner have no forensic evidence that proves Cobain's death was a suicide. On the other hand, there's a substantial amount of evidence for murder. The official verdict of suicide was simply a rush to judgment which eventually painted the authorities into a corner as reports of so-called copycat suicides began making the news. And as you examine this case carefully, you're going to discover there's more to the events surrounding Cobain's death than what you've been told. And that's basically that's basically it for well, that was the last time that Tom Grant's uh, site was updated. Well, I wonder if he talked to us. I don't know. That's a good question. You should reach out to him. Remember, we reached out to Cox. We should reach out. Yo, start yo, reaching out wait, to these guys. See, wait, maybe one day we can get one of them to talk to us. Hey, That'd Jesus. Sick. What was the verdict on that? I, they never answered me. Motherfucker. Uh, we're over here looking at pictures of Frances Bean. And, wow. She's a smoke show. Yeah, <laughs> but she also looks a lot like her mom. And it's kind of fucking giving me bad, bad it's like, vibes. It's like, like, do you, like, if we get the opportunity, like, nah, I don't want, I want you. Because you, you fucked up a bitch mom. She kill, <laughs> kill your dad. She looks like a perfect mix of the two of them. Oh, definitely for sure. I think for me... I think for me, uh... One of the saddest things for me about this whole, like, Kurt Cobain thing was that... He never got to be a father like he yeah. wanted. I think that's what... Yeah, the girl grew... Poor girl grew up without her father. Yeah, I think that's what I. I think the first time I ever looked into it, that's what hurt me the most is that you could tell near the end that he cared so fucking much about his daughter, and he just wanted to get clean to be a father, and he didn't even get the chance to do that because he chose the wrong person to love. Crazy, you know? Man. Yo, so, yo, how could it be if we could have Courtney Love in here with us? Yeah, she probably would not ever do that. She'd <laughs> sue us for even asking. <laughs> I can try to find a way to reach out to Tom Grant, though. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. I think he's got an uh, email on his website. I could try it and see if what happens. Worst he could say is no. Or what if he's like, yeah, why don't you guys fucking Zoom call me? That'd be fucking sick, dude. I'd cry. That'd be the first ever. That'd be wild. But yeah, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't got anything really left to say. You got anything left to... Uh, I'm just, just going to say that I believe Kurt wrote a song for for uh, Francis. One of, the, one of the big songs of his is uh, about her. You guys, you guys uh, chat a second while I find out which one. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that shotgun is fucking massive, homie. You yeah. saw that picture? Yeah, there's no fucking way. Unless you, got, unless you got fucking arms like fucking... Yeah, there's no way. You, you were going to say something before I cut you off? No, I was just going to say we didn't we didn't hear too much from you this episode. What do you think about all this? <clears throat> uh, is, there's no way. Four, three times, four times the, uh, of legal dose. Like, we... Uh, Cheetah saw it personally... We saw the aftermath. Like, that much heroin would kill all three of us. Oh, like, yeah. We could take that much, split it up three ways, and then we'd all die. Shit, I'll probably die on the first hit. And, I mean, even with even with Kurt being as big of an addict as he was, you know what I mean? Like, even... He was tiny. Yeah, even Grant said in his investigation, Is just shooting up that much heroin would have killed him immediately. Would have killed him anyway, so why shoot yourself as well? Oh, the name of that song is Francis Farmer Will Have Her Revenge on Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yo, I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, it, it was just weird. Like, I never really thought our first conspiracy episode. Well, that's the cool thing, too, about this is that not only is this something that we wanted to talk about for a while, but this also kind of opens the door because there's a ton of different like music conspiracy theories that you could that we can now start talking about too. Or, or okay, so I, I mean, this kind of opens the door into like a new like, new kind of like genre of like topics we could talk about too. Or we could talk. But about, I figured if we were gonna jump into musical conspiracy theories, I wanted to start with Kurt Cobain's because you know it's something that you know me and Troop had bonded over so much before. Or, so, or we could also talk about the we actually get more in depth with the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah, we could. Because there's like over 50, there's over 50, 50 candidates. Yeah. We could, we could do, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we'll do. We'll, we'll talk but, about it. I mean, I mean, there's some crazy uh, musical stuff like out there, you know, there's some wild ones. Oh, uh, uh, I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to ruin our, that's all I want to do. But, you know, I don't want to, even though we say this every week and then we always do it, I don't want to set up future episodes <laughs> like we always do anyways, but. I know, and I kind of like announcing them. Like, I like having people not know until they see it. Yeah, yeah. We That's what we started doing when we first started doing this. Dude, we, like, got, we got a little too excited and just started telling people a week ahead of time. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess, oh, what, that's fine I guess we'll be talking about peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Well, we won't tell you what, we won't tell you what Chop's doing next week because he's got a fucking... Little, oh, well, let him decide. He's Do got I a do? little fantasy boner over it. He's so excited. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm going to tell... Do, do you guys remember when we did... Uh, Sean, what was that episode? The Blood Countess? No, not the Blood... Yeah, that one, uh, the one with our cousin. Oh, Spooky? Hold yeah. on, you're Dookie, it's about to get spooky. It's gonna be, it's gonna be that kind of ride. Uh, well, this time it's gonna actually be spooky. Like, yeah. Unlike the last one wasn't really that but, spooky. But, um, if you guys remember in the Count Bloodus, the Count... Um, the Blood Countess. Blood Countess? <laughs> you know how I mentioned something? If you guys want to go back and uh, listen to it again... You're going to find out who I'm going to talk about. They're yeah, pretty, well. They're, they're, oh, I ain't going to say it anymore, but. Uh, well, he's pretty excited about it. He's also bringing on a guest, so he'll be excited. We haven't had a guest in a while. 
Yeah. Trump doesn't count because he's part of the squad now. But the only guess you had was uh the mother of you two. Yeah. Yeah. Mama Bear. So oh shit, man, we almost forgot. What? Before we head out of here, man, we gotta give, you know we gotta give a you know, a love oh, piece to yeah. our boy King, man, unfortunately. Sadly. We lost our our dog who's been a member of our family for uh, 15 years? Yeah, 15, 15 years. years. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, it was, what was it? so terrible, man. It, it was the... Um, Such a shitty thing they have to go through. Oh, oh yeah, definitely for sure. What, did Rachel uh, find the dog? Or yeah. How, how did this dog story happen? How did the dog come into the life? All right, so... Um, uh, Rachel, my girlfriend, had had a friend at the time we were dating. Um... The friend had heard a story about a family whose dog had puppies and the puppies were living with some kids and in the house the kids were bad as hell, for lack of a better word. They were running around the house tearing shit up, abusing the dogs because the, mo the mother wasn't the best mother obviously so the dog was uh malnourished and it was being abused by these children so um the friend had said that she was willing to go uh grab a puppy and give it to us if we promised that we'd give it a better life so immediately when we see pictures of these dogs we're like yeah go get one right now um come <laughs> They came back with uh, this little tiny little dog. He wore he weighed two pounds. He was a Jack Russ, a toy Jack Russ, or no, a toy rat terrier. That's what he was. Um, he was weighed two pounds when we first got him. Uh, I always bring this story up because it's just funny. But uh, we we were driving him home uh, on the day we got him and. I knew he was going to be cool with me because he puked on Rachel in the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Poor yeah, so we, uh, actually at the time, we named him King because at the time, actually the day of, the day we got him was the day, maybe it wasn't the day exactly, but it was like right around the time that T.I. got arrested with all those guns. Oh, yeah. So we named him King, I like T.I. I don't, I don't you name him King because you got that King crown on your uh, chest. No, that's kind of... No, I actually just named him King because he really liked T.I. Uh, <laughs> which was always a funny story to tell people when they asked why his name was King. Yeah, we, asked, we uh, actually called him King Major. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, that's what's up. Um, right now, let's take a moment of silence for King. I bet he's up there fucking pissing on fire hydrant, playing with... Beside playing with Monty, playing with Ray. Was he ever doing the Raven? No, he never met Raven. He gonna meet Raven. He better, he better know. Yeah. And Spanky. My fucking bearded lady. That's uh, my girl. All the legend dogs up there. Hell all yeah. the legend Over dogs. the years. Moment of silence for y'all, please. Alright, we're back. Yeah, man. Love Shout out to King, man. You. Man, me, and, life. me and him started as arch enemies, man. We were sworn enemies for years, and then we, he grew into my little buddy, man. I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, he was a good dog. And this needs to be said. Any vets out there? Fuck you. 
For real. Bring the prices down. We're not fucking made of money, man. Yeah, man. Fuck. Jeez. Not only that, but don't lose the dog. But then you get the bill. And it's just. Not only that, man. That. But don't fucking come into the room while they're saying goodbye to their dog and say, "Hey, I need your signature on your card." <laughs> well, come on, man. What the fuck? Man. There's a better yeah. time. No, no. That'd be like a situation I'd be pulling. Like it's not like we're going to fucking run out of the room after. Right. I'm going to sign for it. Just give me time to say goodbye. What the fuck? You're so shitty. Easy, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dentist, too. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, start on, uh, real quick. <laughs> on, on Tuesday, when I saw King at my house, he didn't like. He didn't look the same. Yeah, it was rough, man. Yeah, he he started. We did. The crazy thing is, he, he didn't. He wasn't in pain. He didn't let us see that he was in pain. But turns out he had a lot going on with him. They think he had prostate cancer. Um, they said at the end his his kidneys must have been failing. His skin was yellow, which we didn't even notice. I just seen him Saturday. I didn't notice his skin was yellowing like that, that at all. It's terrible, man. That was a good dog. If you if, if dig well now, he's not suffering no more. Yeah. He's, probably, he's probably helping other drug restaurateurs up there. I hope there. so. <laughs> that was one thing I always felt terrible for. Never he never got, got laid in his whole life. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. Yeah, I he's up there smashing, though. That's all right. <laughs> he, he was able to hump Monty's legs all the time. <laughs> and Monty would just yeah. sit there and take it. Did he ever bust a nut? I don't know. Well, I never seen that. a bust in that. You ever seen a dog bust? That's probably the first thing he did when he it's got terrible, up there. terrible, dude. He's up there. God was like, welcome home. He's, He's like, get the fuck out of right way. now, dude. Yeah. Good for Fair you, man. Yeah. Yo, dude. Yeah, man. I, I remember, shout out to the, shout out to the homie shout king, king, man. Shout out to you, buddy. Um, I remember uh, the one time when you guys got Jax. I thought Jax was going to kill him. Gosh. Real quick, I gotta give a shout out to my man Choop over here. They wouldn't have gotten along if it wasn't for him, man. Gotta get props for props for due. He got them to get along so oh. we could keep Jacks. How was that? I don't know. He just had him in his room. We were all gone. Oh, he had both of yeah. them in the room with him, and they just got along. And ever since then, they were cool. I was so upset, man, when we first brought Jacks home because I'm like, yo, if I can't keep this dog, I'm gonna be pissed, dude. Me and Jax, it was love at first sight, man. They had the dogs, and they, like, wouldn't, couldn't get along and stuff, and then, like, I send them a picture with the dogs just I was so out. pissed. I'm like, motherfucker. Motherfucker troop. The dog whisperer. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it worked out. It worked out, man, because, you know. You think that's cool. You should see what I can do to a pussy. <laughs> I was just kidding. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, really. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting weird. Yeah. But, anyway, um. Uh, if you guys didn't, don't come after us for about court court bang. Yeah, it's, 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 just, it's just our opinion. Obviously, it's I mean, a strange opinion to have. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if you don't feel the same way, it's cool, whatever. You know, you're entitled to your own opinion. That's just how Absolutely. we feel. Yeah, I think I agree. All three of us say he got murdered. Well, 100%. I think so for sure. But I mean, if you like, I said, if you're interested in you know diving more into it. On your own, you know, you could look for, try to find the movie Soaked in Bleach. That tells a lot about it. Also, check out the phone calls from Tom Grant. Yeah, I'll also post, when I post the episode tomorrow, I'll post, uh, I'll link There's Tom ton. Grant's episode, or website, website so you guys yeah. can check that out, too. There's tons of stuff out there. Just it's definitely, even if you're not, like, super, even if you don't, you're not, like, a huge Kurt Cobain fan, it's a very, like, interesting case to dive into because there's a lot of, Open your there's eyes a lot up. of shit going on. So, the show. Oh, yeah, let's get on out of here because Chu's got to get home and get to bed.
It's got to work in the morning. Yeah, me too. Now me, I'm off all weekend. That definitely, definitely made my eyes open up more. Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Real quick, are you going to be here next week? Or are you not? I'm going to try to. I'm going to okay. try to be, yeah. All right, well, he might be here next week. If not, then it'll just be me and Chop and his uh, guest. I'm going to do my best, guys. Well, hopefully, Love he'll be here. here. Yeah, man, I love having you here. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. You've made us, uh, you've made me and Chop actually start doing research, so really, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, good, so we yeah. never really, we just kind of just go off the seat of our pants, man. So. Something. No. Unless there was, like, big episodes. For big episodes, we'd research. For others, for little episodes, though, we just kind of just, uh, we'll kind of just read from a website and call it a day. Hey, well, don't, me, no? don't fact check us. Because we'll fact check you. All right, shut the fuck up. Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm starving. All right. Have a good night, losers. We'll see you. I'm Choop. Chop out. Chop. So, excuse me. Choop out. Sorry, I'm still getting new to I'm still new to this. It's all right. <laughs> you'll, you'll catch on. But uh, cheat out. Thanks for riding along, losers. <laughs>